Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. I'll get started by just asking a question to, to start with. Have uh, you ever had it uh, in your life where you look back and you see how God has worked in your life? Uh, perhaps in ways that at the time you didn't see why He was taking you a certain direction. But then you look back and you can see that God was good and God knew what was best. Uh, I'll start with a little bit of an illustration. David Livingstone, the, the late missionary to Africa, he was a missionary and explorer and traveler, uh, but he had determined in his life, at the beginning of his life, that when he entered the ministry as far as preparation, uh, he knew God called him to be a missionary, and he was certain for a while that it was to China. That was where he believed God called him, uh, to go to China to deliver uh, the gospel and to help people. But doors closed. That it wouldn't allow him into China. And so he began praying where God would want him and just wasn't sure. Uh, and eventually the Lord directed him, opened up doors for him to go to Africa where he would spend uh, pretty much the rest of his life and his ministry as far as reaching people there and making a big difference. Uh, and I think towards the end of his life, we could see that God knew what was best for him and God knew where he wanted him. And I think God's the same today with us. He knows where he wants us and he, he knows what's best for us. And at times, uh, we may know that, we understand that, but it can be difficult when we're going through some trials and troubles to understand why God may be allowing something into our life that we just don't understand. And so this morning, uh, as far as this message, we're going to talk about God's plan for a good man's life. God's plan for a good man's life. Uh, We're concluding our series on Lessons from the Life of Joseph. And uh, this will be our last series, or last message. Uh, as far as this series is concerned. And we're going to look at Joseph, uh, what I would call later in life, as he's looking back and he's able to say that, you know, God has worked things out for good. God took care of things. And we find in this passage, that's what he's doing. He's sharing that with his brothers. Now, unfortunately, his brothers, they just didn't get it. Okay, they just didn't get it. And I, I know I've been there before where something would occur or take place and I didn't get it. Usually it's with a joke is what happens with me. Everyone else is laughing and I'm like, huh? I just don't get it. Uh, Sometimes I pretend like I get it, but I just don't get it. Well, they didn't get it. They just didn't understand that God was working and that God had a plan. And this is years after they had already been in Egypt. They still didn't get it. Uh, What we find, I think, a couple of reasons why they didn't get it was because there was still some guilt in their heart and some shame. We, We know Joseph forgave them. But evidently they struggled with this. Uh, Maybe they didn't seek God's forgiveness in their own heart. uh, And they continued to struggle with it. And so when their dad passed away, when Joseph died, uh, they were certain Joseph was going to pay him back now. Evidently they thought Joseph was just being good because their dad was there. Their dad was alive. Uh, Maybe that's because they would have, how they would have acted. Or maybe they thought for sure uh, he's going to come back after us. And so we find in this passage they, they went to him because of this. And they said, hey, you know, Dad said you're to take care of us, basically. You're to watch out for us and keep an eye on us. And the Bible tells us that Joseph wept. Uh, You know, he wept when he revealed himself to him, And now he weeps again. And I think it's because they just didn't understand that they had been forgiven. uh, That they had been forgiven. and, and, And that he wasn't doing this because of their dad's sake. He was doing it because it was the right thing to do. He'd forgiven them. 
And he wasn't looking to pay them back, but evidently they had thought that. And that leads into the the next thought here of the passage here. It says in verse 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. So let's consider a few things here. I just have two thoughts for you this morning on this uh, message here. I want to talk about God's plan for a good man's life and how God works through stages. Okay? How God works through stages sometimes. In other words, uh, we find that God doesn't always give us all the information up front. Or he doesn't give us all the details. Or he doesn't tell us exactly how he's going to work in every single way. But he often works in stages as we go through life. And then, secondly, he works in times of silence. How, uh, you know, there are times where we just live life. We go through every day. And we may wonder if God's still working or how he's working. Well, that that's, is when he works often. He works through times of silence to bring about his will in our life. And so we're going to consider those two things as we consider, look at this verse here. And we see Joseph looking back and said, you know, God had done it for good. God had worked to produce this good so that many people could be saved. So let's get into it. The time of waiting as far as through stages, how God worked through these stages. I have two thoughts uh, the information or the plans of God to Joseph, uh, I'll put it so they were relayed partially. Go back to Genesis 37. If you have your Bibles, I'll just read here what Joseph was told or what he was given in a dream. Genesis 37, and in verse 5 says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Hear, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose. And also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And then in verse 9, he had another dream. He says, Yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. Uh, after the first dream, the second one, they, they, they got the picture the second one. They knew basically he was going to be elevated to a position of leadership above them. And those were the dreams that he had. I do believe those were dreams from God, and God had given him that. Now, the point I want to make here is, in these dreams, he, would told, he was told that he was going to lead his family. He was not told when this would occur, or in what way. Uh, perhaps when he received the dream, I think the natural thought would have been, okay, I'm going to succeed my dad, and I'll just lead the family as far as living here. Uh, and that may have been the natural thought, that was probably what the, his brothers thought as well. But God had bigger plans than that. And that's something I want you to consider. Sometimes I think that we, well, I know in my life I limit God sometimes. Uh, My plans are little. I think God has big plans. He may have big plans for your life. Don't limit Him. Let Him work. He may have, hopefully, has big plans for this church. Let's not limit Him. Let's let Him work. You see, God makes big plans. It was the late D.L. Moody. Uh, when he was on his deathbed, the evangelist, when he, uh, to his children, to his boys, he said, if you make your plans with God, he said, make them big. That's what he told them. That was one of the last words he said. Uh, that man, Lord blessed in his ministry. And I think that's something that we can take to heart. You know, let's make big plans with God. Let's uh, not make our plans necessarily, but let's seek great things for God, and let's pray that God will bless. You know, the Lord still works that way today, though. Let me share with you how he still works what I would call uh, relaying plans partially. Uh, the first thought as far as this is, uh, you know, the Revelation. I enjoyed reading the Revelation, last book of the Bible. 
Uh, most of the times I read it, I come out more with more questions than I had when I began, and I get a lot more questions. But what we find in the Revelation, uh, I believe it's true. It's Scripture. It's 100% accurate. And what we have in the Revelation is we have the end. We know what's going to, we know how it's going to end. And we're given some idea, but we're not given all the details of how God's going to work things out. You see, God gives that partially to us, and God will work it out and complete it fulfilled completely at some point. Well, personal life, it's that way too. Uh, you know, God may put something in your heart to do, but He may not direct you completely on how it's going to get done or how you're to do it. He may just burden your heart. Uh, I know men called in the ministry often, you, you, kind of like how David Livingstone was, they have a burden to go pastor or be a missionary, but they still don't know where. When? How? So, as God leads your life, there may be times where He burdens your heart with something and leads you. And you may not know how He's going to work things out. But that's where we just got to go forward, knowing God will. And that's what Joseph's looking back to. And he's saying, hey, you know, God worked things out. God took care of all things. And so, I want to encourage you to trust in God because He is going to take care of all things. And He'll work all things out in your life. Secondly, how about the the plans uh, being revealed in what I'd call portions and portions? You know, as Joseph lived... The Lord fulfilled His plans for his life. Here's one to think of. Joseph would eventually be a co-ruler, so to speak, or assistant to Pharaoh in Egypt. Joseph didn't know that at the time, but that was God's plan. And God had to get him to Egypt, so what did God do? He got him to Egypt. Now, not the route Joseph probably would have liked to take, but that's the route God chose for him, and he got to Egypt. You see, God fulfilled that. Got him to Egypt. Now, as soon as he got to Egypt, he didn't walk into the country and become the second in command. No, God began to work in his life, or continued to work in his life, uh, to lead him where he wanted him. Eventually, he was promoted. He received a promotion to get to the position God had for him. Uh, And then later, of course, he witnessed a famine, which would bring his family to him to fulfill that dream. You see, what happened is God worked in stages, and he didn't work... Within one year, or two years, or three years, we find it took several years for him to work all this out. You know, God will do the same today, and He still does. God will work out your plan for your life. You just need to walk with Him. Follow Him. Remain faithful to Him. And God can work suddenly. Uh, He can work in an instant, so to speak. And and He's done that. Those are the kind of, uh, of works I like. I don't know about you. It's a blessing to pray. And sometimes, before you even through praying, it's like the answer's already there. God's provided the answer. Or when you're finished praying, within a day or two, there's an answer. And we praise the Lord for that. Those are the kind of prayer requests and the work that I like, because it happens suddenly and instantly. But often, God works uh, in stages, over time. And let me give you a few examples. How about health? You know, if God is determined to make someone healthy... It may be through the modern practice of the medicine of the day. I know there are people who've been diagnosed with one sickness or an illness. Uh, they prayed to God and then they went to their treatments and everything else and God blessed and they were healed. didn't happen overnight. It was through stages and God took care of it. There's a reason why God had a plan. Uh, or how about this? Uh, you know, I, I've been praying for people specifically. i got some people I pray for that they'll, God will work in their heart and they'll be saved. Um, there have been some that have... God did work in their heart and their shape, but there's some I'm still praying for. We must wait. God will work in stages. God will work when He's ready. Uh, how about trials? Uh, when, we're in, when we're in the midst of a difficulty, 
Uh, it's nice to think, man, I'd like to pray to God and just get out of this. It'd be wonderful I could pray and the Lord will just remove this and we no longer have to deal with it. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we pray, we know God hears, but it's not time to be out of that yet. God's got a reason and a purpose for that. You see, God works through stages sometimes. And so here's the encouragement here. We just need to trust God at all times. We need to trust Him when things are going well. Then we also need to trust Him when things around us don't seem to be going well. We trust that He's got a plan in place and that He's working. Even though we may not see Him at work, we know that He is working for us. And so that's the plans that God often reveals, what I'll call in portions. Uh, another interesting thought on this is how about, we'll go back to the, the thought of prophecy and revelation. Um, God's done the same with that. You know, it's interesting how I, I enjoy reading commentaries, and I've read some commentaries of uh, men who wrote, uh, you know, portions of their commentary years back, in the 30s or 40s. And I've read some on Revelation, and they're good men. But you know what? They just didn't see the technology of our day. And some of them, because they didn't see that technology, whenever they'd come across passages talking about, let's say, the number, everyone having a mark, to them, they, some said, well, that can't be literal, because they couldn't see it. Well, today we can see that. I mean, it's possible to everyone have a mark. Uh, you're talking about computer chips. Now, I don't know if that's how the Lord's going to allow it to play out, but we often see things in the Scripture like prophecy come in stages, where as we get closer, more is revealed. Well, it's the same with life. As we get closer to God, He may reveal more to you about your relationship with Him and the direction He's taking you. So we must just remain faithful to God. Next, how about this one? We're going to talk next, our second point here is uh, times of silence. Okay, let's get back to the passage here. Because notice what Joseph tells his brothers. They're, they're really distraught now and they're upset because they think he's going to pay them back. He says, you, you thought evil against me. It's what you thought. Uh, not only thought, but you acted upon that and you threw me in that pit. Now, he didn't bring all that up. Uh, but they knew what they did. And they sold him into slavery. He says, but God meant it unto good. Meant it unto good. Now, now, how could God take something so terrible and bring something good out of it? First off, I'll tell you, it's amazing God can do that. And He can do that today in your life. Something may come into your life that you think, this is just terrible. And it might be, but you know, God can bring something good out of it. And that's what happened here. He said, you guys did this evil to me. I, you know, I, I got two brothers. I've mentioned this throughout this whole series. And I know they've been mad at me at times. Fortunately, they never threw me in a pit. Maybe they just didn't have opportunity to throw me in a pit. But they never threw me into a pit. I couldn't imagine having your brothers throw you into a pit and then discuss whether to kill you or sell you into slavery. And then determine that we're going to sell you into slavery because, you know what, we get some money out of it. If we couldn't get money out of it, then we'd just get rid of you. Wouldn't that be a horrible to go through and to endure? And that's what he had to endure. And you may think, well, how can God bring something good out of such a terrible situation, something so evil? Now, in our world today, there's a lot of evil. There is. And we can get discouraged. Uh, perhaps if you see it on the news, maybe you deal with it at work. Well, you know what? That's what we must remember, that God can bring good things out of these. We must trust that He will. We don't, may not see how yet. But he can. And that's what he's saying. He said, God, can, God brought something good out of the evil that you purposed. And so, here's my three thoughts. First, as far as the time of silence, or the times of silence, I'll call it a proving time. A proving time. A testing time. Uh, first, Joseph's faith was tested during this time. Uh, in the pit, as we've discussed, while his brothers argued over what to do with him. Uh, how about in Potiphar's house as a slave, working, 
No freedom. Or in the prison. At that time, there seemed to be no future for Joseph, and here he is in prison. Now, we're not given any of Joseph's thoughts during this time. I remember growing up, I used to think, man, it'd be wonderful to be a Bible character. That's when I was younger. When I got older, I thought, well, I don't know. You know, I began reading some of these things that everything that I, all my mistakes would be made known to not just one generation, but all generations to see. Now, Joseph was not perfect, but we're not given any of his thoughts. But let me, let me give you this. Our passage here in verse 20 is almost like a summary of him looking back, a conclusion. And notice what he says, God meant it unto good. God meant it unto good. So, we're not given any of his thoughts during that time, but what we do have is his conclusion of the matter, the summary. And here are two thoughts I'll give to you on that summary. First, I think it's very clear that Joseph had a high regard, or we could call it a respect, or even a reverence for God. He never lost that. He never lost that during his trial or his difficult time. That's something he held on to. He never forsook the Lord. You know, that's what stood out. You know, we're talking about kings in our Sunday school class. Hezekiah is the king we're studying. You know what separated him from the other kings? He didn't forsake God. Now, he wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. But he did not forsake the Lord. Joseph did not forsake the Lord. He remained faithful. And God blessed him. So, that's why he was able to overcome his temptations. That's why he was able to overcome or endure the trial. Because he didn't forsake God. He kept looking to God and trusting in the Lord. You know, this morning, no matter where you are in life, physical location, or just life in general, age, career, work, no matter where you are, always look to God. Always look to God. Serve Him. Seek Him. Put Him first in your life, and God will bless you. And that's what Joseph did. I believe he continued to look to God. And that helped him get through these difficult times. And here's the second thing we find here. Not only did he have a high regard for God, but his recognition of God's, I guess say his work or his will in Joseph's life. He recognized that God was working. Now his brothers missed both these things. They, did, they didn't recognize or just didn't understand uh, that God was great and that God could do whatever he chose to do. And they didn't recognize or, or I guess you say they didn't rec- understand God's work and his will. But Joseph did. And he's looking back and saying, God meant it unto good. In other words, God got, God got involved in the situation. You guys did this, but God overruled what you thought was going to happen. And he took care of matters. And because he understood that God permitted him to go into the trial then he was able to go forward. Here's my thought here. Joseph was able to endure the trial. He was able to forgive his brothers, and he could rejoice in the Lord because he understood God worked in his life. And that's something I encourage you to just to give some thought to. You know, God hasn't missed anything in your life. And if God has permitted something to happen or someone to do something to you, I don't know why. You might not know why, but God does. And that makes it easier to forgive somebody. Because you say, you know, God permitted it. No, it doesn't justify what they did. They still got to deal with God and God will deal with them. But, but you can forgive them because you know God's in charge and God's in control. And that's what Joseph was able to do. You can also endure any difficulty knowing God's in charge. So what we find here is Joseph was proven. He was tested. And praise the Lord, he passed the test. 
And let's make sure when we're tested in life that we pass that test, that we remain faithful to God and seek Him. So here's the thought as far as this. You can't avoid the difficulties of life. You can't avoid them. Uh, But you can walk with God during those times and you can remain faithful to Him. And that's the encouragement. That's what Joseph did. Here's the second one. How about a time of preparation? Uh, A time of preparation. Uh, And I'm going to give you just three areas. How about his family first? His family was prepared. It's interesting how God let them have their way, isn't it? This encourages me today. Because I see some things going on in our world that I just completely disagree with. Uh, Some of it frustrates me. You know, I, I got to turn off the news sometimes or close my... You know, turn my computer off because I just get frustrated over what I read, what's going on in the world. Well, God permitted his brothers to have their way. They were evil. It was an evil act. But he let it happen Uh, to the point where they thought that they had succeeded. Joseph was gone. Joseph was removed, not only from their life, but completely out of the country. Uh, They knew the direction he was going, but they didn't know all that was going to play out. But in their minds, he was gone. And God let them have their way. But we also find that God worked afterwards to overrule their plans. Isn't that interesting how God works? He can let evil people have their way, and then He gets involved to overrule their plans and to bring about His will. Well, God still works that way today, is what we find. I think God still works that way, and that's the encouragement we find here. Now, as far as His brothers, think about their situation. Uh, I think they were far. Uh, I think they were worse far off than Joseph was. Even though Joseph was a servant, and Joseph uh, later went into prison, you know, think about what they had to deal with. Yeah, they had freedom, but their the guilt and shame in their heart it ate them up. I mean, to the point where later, years later, they still were afraid that Joseph was going to pay him back. And, and also consider this: uh, I don't know how many times they told the lie that Joseph was dead. We know they told it to their dad to begin with. And every time their dad would bring up the subject, they had to continue that lie. Every time they would meet somebody and ask, how many brothers you got? Well, tell them. Well, they all lied. No, one's dead. No, he wasn't dead. Uh, You know, sometimes people can tell a lie long enough they begin to believe it. And I imagine they begin to believe it. Oh, he's dead. He's gone. Even if they didn't know for sure he died, they were, they were pretty sure because the direction he was going in life that he wasn't going to survive very long. Oh, he's dead. He's gone. Well, it was a lie. And this lie kept going and going and going and going. And by the time, uh, what we find is when they stood before Joseph, two things. Their hearts were hurting. Guilt, shame, filled with sin, lying. And also, God had allowed a famine to come to the land, so they were looking for help. Isn't that interesting how God worked in the situation to bring them to Joseph? You know, when when you think about the dreams that Joseph had, his brothers didn't like the dream. They didn't like it one bit. And they thought, there's no way we're going to bow down to him. Now, had Joseph been given a position of leadership from his dad, which he was, they didn't like it. They threw him in the pit. They thought they'd be rid of that dream. Isn't it interesting how God overruled everything? And now here they come looking for help. Falling down before Joseph, just as those dreams predicted. See, here's the point. If God has something planned for your life, it'll be fulfilled. It'll be fulfilled. You just walk with God. Uh, God, Trust God's going to work things out for for His glory, and it'll be for good, because God is good. And so his family was prepared. Also, Egypt was prepared. 
Pharaoh, uh, when Joseph went into Egypt, had no idea who Joseph was. Uh, a few years later, not only was Joseph uh, promoted, he was Pharaoh's right-hand man. Well, Pharaoh didn't know he'd need him, but God knew. God can work things out, even in circumstances and situations. And my thought on this is God is able to work in the hearts, not only in your heart, but in those around you, to produce a blessing or to work out His will. And that's what He did here. And then finally, of course, Joseph. Uh, through the trials and troubles, he, he was just prepared for what God had planned for him. Now, I don't think he still knew all the plans. He didn't know there was a famine coming. He didn't know that he would be put in a position of leadership there at Egypt. He, he didn't know any of that, but God did, and God had that plan for him. Uh, here's uh, something I want to encourage you with this morning. You know, it's tempting to believe that all is lost sometimes when we're going through trials. Uh, or it's tempting to think that there's no help. In other words, all is hopeless when we're tested or tried. And we can become discouraged or even despondent at times and want to quit. But let's remember this. It's during these, these times that God works. It's during these times, whether of silence or of trials or troubles, that we may not see God at work, that He is working on our behalf. He is bringing things about for your blessing or to direct you in your life. Uh, you know, I've always, just, just this thought alone, it always just made me just go, wow. You know, God can be working right now in a way in your life that you don't even know. There could be something coming down tomorrow, next week, that is harmful to you and you don't even know about it, but God does. And he's, he's, he's working in a way to protect you or He's working in a way to prepare you for it. That's how good God is. And that's what Joseph's looking back saying, God meant this for good. And God worked His will out. Well, God will work His will out in your life too. We just must be faithful. And here's my last one. I called it a powerful time. The reason I say this is because it was a time Joseph was strengthened, I think, in his faith in God. Was strengthened during these, this time that God worked and, and brought about His will in his life. You know, it's very clear that Joseph had strong faith. Even when he was going through trials and troubles, his faith was strong. But let me point something out to you. Genesis chapter 50, we'll go down a few verses uh, here. And let's look at verse 22. I'll begin in verse 22. It says, And Joseph... Dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. So we got to be a, a grandpa too. Lord bless Joseph. And then it says here, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And later, you know what? They did take his bones up uh, to the land of Israel. But here's what I'll point out to you. Notice the faith he had. His faith was strong now. And he's nearing the end of his life. And he says, guess what? I'm about to die. But God has promised he's going to take you out of this land. You're not going to be here forever. And when you leave, I want you to make me a promise. When you leave, you take my coffin with you. You take my bones because I want this to be a testimony unto God. You see, what we find is his faith was strong. And let me just take it back for you a little bit. Why do you think that faith was so strong? How about this? He'd already seen God keep his word in a great way. God fulfilled those dreams and kept his word to him. And 
Joseph is now saying, hey, if God can do that, God can do anything. You see, God is great and God is mighty and God is good. And as we go through difficult times, that's when faith is strengthened. Okay? That's when faith is strengthened. As you look to God, first off, I know this. When I go through a trial or difficulty, I seem to be a little bit more serious in my prayer life. It's a shame, but it's, it's true. Maybe I pray a little bit more. I focus on my prayer more. That's just natural, I think, when we go through difficult times. We find that through the Bible. When God's people had difficulties, they seemed to draw closer to God as far as if they were God's people. Now, I think as we go through trials, the same thing's going to happen. You know, you might not plan on praying all afternoon one day, but then something happens in your life. And you hit your knees for a whole day or a half day because you just want to have, you just want to talk to God about this situation. See, through trials, we grow closer to God. Through trials, our faith is strengthened as we look to God for answers. And then, as we get through the trial, that's when we really should allow the, the answer, I guess you say, or the blessings from God to, to strengthen our faith. Uh, you know, I encourage you sometimes to look back at how many times God has blessed you. Consider all the, the, the times maybe you prayed about something and He answered it. Uh, you know, those are times that you can find encouragement in. Those are times when you go through a trial today, you look back and say, Well, you know, God has not forsaken me in the past. He's not going to forsake me today. He's going to continue to answer my prayers. He's going to, he's going to bless. i just got to wait on Him. And that's what we find here with Joseph. is He had powerful faith. Strong faith. Enough to say, Hey, when you're leaving this place. I'm not going to see it, but I know you will. And will you take me with me? Make sure I go as well. And that's just a faith that he had. You know, this morning in closing, let me wrap this up. Uh, I'll just uh, Here's a statement I'll give to you. God knows what's best. God knows what's best. He knew what was best for Joseph's life. Uh, he knows what's best for your life. And we have to trust that he does know what's best and that he will lead correctly. Uh, you know, God has plans for your life today. Uh, I don't know what they are. You might not know all the details, but God has plans for your life. And He's able to work those out for His glory and for your good. Uh, I can tell you this, though. The first plan is that you're saved. That's the first thing. Uh, God wants all to be saved. That's why He sent His Son to die on the cross. So that we all could be saved and all could trust in Christ. And so all could have a life with Him. So this morning, I hope and pray that you have received Christ as your Savior. Uh, you know, the Bible teaches we're all sinners. We're all in need of salvation. And the Bible teaches that salvation is just the understanding of that sin and how that sin has separated us from God. And then once we understand that, we have to come to the understanding that we can't save ourselves. Uh, nobody else can save us either. Only God can provide that salvation. Only God can provide the forgiveness. An uh, example I like to give is, you know, if you've sinned against somebody, you need their forgiveness. And you should ask Him to forgive you. Well, all sin is against God. And so we need God's forgiveness. All of us do. We need God to forgive us. And God sent His Son, uh, of course, to die on the cross so we could be saved. Well, salvation is the understanding of that. But then it goes further. Uh, you know, we must believe on Christ. We must receive Him as our Savior. So this morning, I hope and pray you have received Christ as your Savior. Uh, and you have believed on Him for salvation. Uh, and if you have not, you can get that settled today. You can accept Christ as your Savior during the invitation, or you can get it settled in your own heart. Just understand, repent of your sin, and believe on Christ for salvation. And that's where it begins. And then afterwards, you know, as you walk with God, it's just that understanding that God's 
uh, going to begin to work in your life. Uh, let me turn over to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to just read you one more verse and we'll wrap it up. Let me just point something out to you here. Romans chapter 8, and in verse 28, we find a verse that I think is encouragement to a lot of people. Uh, it says in verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Notice verse 29, For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate, and then it says here, to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what God begins to do in your life? And He does it in the life of all believers. He begins to conform you into the image of His Son. Make you into the image of His Son. In other words, obviously we don't become Christ or we don't become God. But He makes us Christ-like is what He does. He begins that work. That's a process. Well, the Bible also tells us that Jesus Christ is the captain of our suffering. That He suffered so we could be saved. Well, if He suffered... And we're going to be like Christ, there are going to be times we might have to suffer. And so this encourages us that God is making us more like Christ. You know, uh, humility comes sometimes through difficult times. Well, Christ was humble. If we're going to be like Christ, sometimes we may have to be humbled. Christ was meek. Well, to be meek, sometimes we've got to go through trials and troubles. See, what we find is God begins the, the work in your life to make you like Christ. So I think we need to, instead of make sure we're not fighting against that work, make sure we're yielding and we're walking with God. And if God is taking us through a difficult time, we just understand that God has a plan and that God will work all things out for good. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.